So this is being recorded. Wait. When right. how do we how do we start these things? It's been a while. Buongiorno. <laughs> we're going through we're going through all the all the languages now because this this actually sets a like number of podcasts that we do, which is however many languages there are in the world. So that's um, I think that sets us up well. <laughs> do we do living languages or dead languages? Like, is Ooh, there a that's difference? That's a good question. Like, where do we draw um, the line? I'm not sure that we're in a position to be drawing any lines. I feel like we yeah. should just... Who are we to judge languages? <laughs> if a language has existed at some point, whether currently or in the past, I feel like it's it's fair game. Oh, I respect that. I, um, <laughs> you know. But, like, how far back can we go? Like, can we go back to, like, caveman language? Um, can we... Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I think that as long as we can pronounce the words or the the words like hello translated into that other language, I feel like it's fair game. Alright, I'm down. Um So as long as we can have pronounce we started? It, then it's I think so. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, presumably can... it's recording. <laughs> it, I, I hope so. Um hello everyone. And welcome to episode eight of the podcast. So um, Anthony and I are recording from our like prospective quarantine bunkers. Yeah, this is our first um, not in person podcast, and that might you know ruin the. uh... (laughs) And while that might uh, ruin the. um... Oh my god! Sorry, my Google phone is coming through. Hang on, I pulled out my fucking headphones and missed all of them. <laughs> See, this is, this is the kind of professionalism you can get from the podcast. Jesus Christ. Oh, especially when we're not in the same room. This is an absolute mess. Fuck. Okay, let's, let's, let's recalibrate. Let's recalibrate. So, so, first of all, we're essentially quarantined at the moment. We because are. Because corona is a big deal. The big 19? It is. Apparently, so I, I feel like it's named COVID-19 because it started in 2019. Is that? That's, ex- that's exactly why it's named. Is that right? <laughs> yep, that's exactly why. That's incredible. Which is, I mean, bloody scientists. They're, they've got their bloody naming. Bloody scientists. On point. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. COVID-19 is not a bad name. The coronavirus is not as good. Um, well, it's too interestingly, too it is very true. I don't know how if COVID, COVID, the like prefix of the nineteen is any like more specific as to what what's involved. Do you think there's but, a generational um, difference between the use of the coronavirus and COVID? Because I feel like younger people use COVID, right, as more of an expressive term. Mm. But the old uh, kind of Gen X, the boomers, love, love a bit of the coronavirus. Interesting. I'd, I'd not considered it that way, actually, as, a, as to be a generational description. Because alternatively, like in the further alternative to that, um, the suggestion is that in typical Australian slang, we just refer to it as Rona. But I don't know if that has any, any generational... You know, attachment to that at all. The like Rona or like the Rona sounds yeah. like a two thousands dance move. Like, yeah, do the Rona. 
Oh, do the do the. I like Roni. I like Roni more of an I. Um, and if you really Roni. wanted to get Australian, it's it's Rono. You know, oh Rono, Rona, yeah. Rono, Roni. Yeah, the O. Yeah, very Australian. I mean, very true. Just like extending the O's and the A's in and of itself is an extremely Australian thing to do. So I don't mind. I don't mind coining either the Rono or the Rona. I feel like both are options that, you know, any, any listeners who want to refer to coronavirus. Yeah, hit us up. Um, exactly. Hit us up and start using Rona or Rono. Or I feel like this, Ro- is, this is brilliant. Or Roni. You've, you've messed Roni a couple of times, but, you know, I'll just I'll let that slide. Um, Roni. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Roni. It's kind of cute. Um, it's like wholesome. I was like, oh, I got a little yeah. tad of the Roni. That sounds cute. That sounds much cuter than it actually is. That's very true. I guess we do need to like up the positivity around the exactly. um, a disease exactly. or whatever it is too. So maybe Roni would help people think of it more fondly. <laughs> so that they can reminisce back and be like, ah, oh, yes. Remember how good it was when just society <laughs> broke down, the economy collapsed. So good. Uh, so good. Um, speaking of the economy collapsing and society, um, mm. now, Anthony, you may realise or may not have realised, but we actually we do live in a society. We um, do. <laughs> we do. We do continue to live in a society. Excellent. And that, and somehow that society, mm. at least in Australia, has been, in a way, strengthened by the coronavirus by the very mm. uh, pro-austerity neoliberal liberal party <laughs> in this country, um, <laughs> who have just seemed to walk oh. into the party headquarters and flipped a big lever that goes from neoliberalism and then just flipped it up to high welfare state. Um, yeah. It's it's incredible. It's it's genuinely unbelievable what a possibly deadly virus can do to change the uh, political spectrum and ideologies of people, not only in government but in society generally. It has um, it's incredible. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. We've got universal basic income now. We're <laughs> like you know we're pro. Uh, <laughs> sharing the wealth people can work from home now whereas before you know that technological capability just did not exist until i think about two weeks ago where it was you know invented by every company (laughs) in australia simultaneously it has just been it's incredible what a what a brave new world (laughs) it's um so i have a bit of a like history with like the greens party in australia and other left-wing groups um, and stuff like rent moratoriums, free childcare have been campaign issues for groups like the Greens for a long time. So, for example, the Queensland Greens in 2017 ran on kind of free childcare and, and lots of stuff like this, and they did really well. And then the government's mm. just come out and somehow the government of Scott Morrison has out-lefted the Green Party in 2020. <laughs> and it's blowing my mind. Every day I wake up and it's like, Oh, you know, free childcare. And I'm like, I'm losing my goddamn mind. Like, I don't know mm. what's happening. Um, like, up is down, left is right. And I know that the Liberals will will want to get rid of this. 
like once coronavirus mm. if it ever ends when it ends um i think that would be very difficult because i think trying to tell people oh you now have to pay for childcare is a very difficult thing to do that's a big that's a, a very big transition to make for sure um but i don't know i guess we'll we'll just find out and and the thing is that at this point the like the measures that are in place, like we're in indefinite territory. We're not like, okay, this is happening for a month and then we'll be back to normal kind of thing. We're mm. just at the point where we just don't know how long it will last. And oh, um, yes, yeah, months. it's incredible that, you know, what we need to sustain this country in, you know, an era, era of difficulty is these kind of welfare state measures. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's absolutely incredible. And such a such a contrast as well from you know this what is portrayed as uh, let's say nationalistic policy in an attempt to you know absent coronavirus what is portrayed as nationalistic policy with respect of you know strengthening our economy and opening our borders and all this you know these mm. capitalist measures that are in place whereas actually in practical terms when we want to protect <laughs> our, our, you know, national well-being and welfare and, and things like that, we're actually doing the exact opposite of that. It's just, it's, it's very amusing that, that those are actually the measures that are taken and they're going, yeah, this is who could how have, we... Who could, have, who could have guessed? Who could have known? I don't know. See, this is the thing, though. I just I can't think of, of anyone, any political party, any person, anyone who might have suggested this at, at any point in the past. It's just... It's, just, it's a brand it's new incredibly, idea. It is indeed. I don't know what, what we'd call it. Is it like... I don't know, because like, obviously we want to be pro-society. And every <laughs> every political ide- ideology has like an ism on the end. So I don't know. Is is socialism a <laughs> something that exists? Or <laughs> oh my god, I was wondering where that was going for a second. <laughs> Society ism, and I'm like, that's that doesn't oh exist. God. <laughs> there's oh man. Just, oh fuck. There's just there's so much material here. It's it's hilarious. And you know. You know, me, of you know, outspoken fan of Scott mm. Morrison, well-known big mm. Scott Morrison fan. Um, no, yeah, really. yeah, absolutely. But I think because I remember he, you being one of the few uh, people who were pro his trip to Hawaii. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love Hawaii. Love Hawaii. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I think everyone should constantly be criticizing the government, any government, no matter what it is, to try and get them mm. to do, you know, what the people want. Um, mm. and I will say I am surprised at how well Scott Morrison has handled this. And I know it's due to the national cabinet and he's brought lots of labor ministers on, on board and he's actually following their advice, right. um, yep, yep. Okay. which is great, but man, he must be wrecked. Th- these must be six to midnight days. He's been working for months now. He must oh, absolutely shrecked like, oof, I, I don't yes. want his job. Oh, oh God, no! And I'm sure that most of the people in in the government sector are just putting in ridiculous hours to to sort this out. And oh, especially like having just, or oh, I say, got over, but having just had the whole fire situation over the summer as well. It's just been like yeah. a ludicrous kind of four, five, six months. And you know, this is such a 
polar opposite to hand, how the fire, fires were handled. The fires were, mm. you know, the, maybe the one of the biggest failures in Australian history, like politically, it was just an absolute mess. Um, and, mm. you know, while I definitely think that I would do so many things differently, and I think the government should do lots of things differently, what they have done mm. so far seems to have worked, you know, flattening the curve. I mean, we are still mm. getting... Fucking pulled my headphones out again. He's getting some, see. This you're is the too, issue. You're too animated at all? <laughs> I am. I, it's, it's the Mediterranean in my blood. I keep pulling out everything when I talk with my hands. Um, oh. Yeah, like it's just it's just a wild time. Um, I I think as well it solidified his position in the Liberal Party, which must have looked a little bit wobbly there with the mm. fire, because it's really shown who in the Liberal Party. Is capable and who isn't. So, for example, Peter Dutton mm. has absolutely dropped the ball drastically. Um, yeah. Well, because he got coronavirus and then became a refugee for like two weeks. Um, so, partly, it might have like mellowed him out. <laughs> this is true. But also, like, Home Affairs is meant to domestically protect and then somehow we've, this virus has, has come through. Yeah, um, yeah. But then we've seen others. So, obviously, Josh Frydenberg has, has stepped up to be quite a, a prominent mm. figure now. You know, the treasurer mm. rarely is, you know, the main guy but he's, he seems to have mm. stepped up into the public image and has seems to be supporting scott morrison greg hunt yeah, yeah. as well greg hunt I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greg... it's the mistake that like no one can believe can be made but it's just oh it's a classic flip oh. of the tongue yeah greg hunt anyway, stepped up mate. and yep. he's, um, <laughs> he's out he's out there doing his his little oh. way um murray's mm. pain haven't seen her um, she, I know, has been self-quarantining for two weeks, but that definitely passed. Still hasn't seen anything from the, the foreign minister. Um, but yeah, it, interesting times. It's interesting times. I'm, I'm very interested to see where this will lead in so many ways because, you know, this coronavirus is, is the big change that our society has been looking for for a long time. Anyway, um, we're back in let's, business. We're back in business. Speaking of business anthony mm. uh, you know what is a big global business oil oil is a big global business anthony and it seems it to be indeed. going through a little bit of trouble um what do you it know is. about it what it do you know certainly is well i know that petrol prices have been going to quote coals down down um which has been a very unexpected turn of events it's been weird. Um, it's like weird, you know, for years now, oil price, petrol prices mm. have been like, what, $1.30, $1.40 on average. Um, but now they're like, what's the cheapest petrol you've got? Uh, I have, well, 79.9 cents is the lowest that I personally have seen it. But then there's been photos of like 49.9 cents, which... I legitimately could not believe. Yeah, so the oil is is a weird thing. Like, mm. it's one of those things where it was something that was happening, and you know, the, this all of these economic issues were occurring before COVID kind of kicked off. Mm. Um, yeah, the problem has been definitely that COVID's just kind of taken over all of the media so this whole oil situation has been a bit lost yeah. in what's going on 
Yeah, like so with oil, for example, 2018 or something like that, Russia and Saudi Arabia made this new group. It's like OPEC, mm-hmm. but it's called OPEC OPEC Plus. And it includes like extra nice. countries like Canada <laughs> and Mexico and the United States. Right. So, right, so they're taking a leaf out of every tech company's book and just like adding <laughs> to the end as this cool new cool new thing. Yeah. So like so Russia and Saudi Arabia made this new thing and mm-hmm. historically they've been big oil producers. But over the past four mm-hmm. years, the United States back baby and the united states used to be the biggest importer now it's the largest exporter of oil because of fracking yeah 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 yeah. so i remember seeing slash reading about this new development a a little while ago it may have just come like post opec plus thing but yeah they through fracking they acquired some insanely ridiculous amount of oils then became available because of it so yeah and you know the United States used to have heaps of they were the big exporter mm. back in like the back in the day. Um, mm. Anyway, so how Saudi Arabia and Russia effectively work is that they balance their budget on oil prices, and so Russia say needs forty bucks a barrel to balance its its oil price, or Saudi Arabia needs eighty bucks a barrel to balance its um, budget to stay afloat mm-hmm. as a country. Um, so. What started happening? They're so was... fucking reliant on oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're so reliant on oil. Plus, they buy so many weapons from the United States that they're massively <laughs> in debt. So they desperately need to keep oil prices quite high. Amazing. So yeah. <laughs> obviously, the US coming in and taking a big market share has pretty much impacted these countries. So, for example, like Russia was trying to get a, a pipeline to. Germany or Poland or something. This is oh the Nord Stream two. This is a big pipeline. Mm. You may have heard of it. And um, the US now so much more secure in its like energy reserves is is now much more confident putting sanctions on Russia. So stop this big oil pipeline between the EU and, and Russia. But so mm. the US is now a big player in the market. Takes up a big market share. Oil prices start dropping because there is an increase in surplus. And this fucking mm-hmm. terrifies the Saudi because they need high oil prices and, you know, supply and demand in a capitalist system. More of something it means it's, wor- it's worth less. Um, yeah, so the Saudis try and make a deal with OPEC Plus and the rest of them to try and get oil down to a good price. But it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be, it didn't seem to work. So then what the Saudis decide to do is... They start increasing production because they think, oh, okay, what we'll do is we'll increase production, um, let the oil wells flow, and if we'll grab a bigger market share and be able to make more because we'll be selling more barrels of oil, which which is a sort of understandable idea. Unfortunately, the largest oil market in the world, the largest developing market is China. (laughs) So (laughs) as you may know, (laughs) China got pretty impacted by the COVID the old COVID, <laughs> and they shut down their entire economy. So, so now there's just a ridiculous surplus of oil. Anthony, there has never been this much oil on the market ever. It is estimated that by like late April, early May, every single storage facility of oil on the planet will be full. 
in less than a month, we will the global capacity for storing oil will be full because no one's buying. And the Saudis and the Russians and everyone have just producing more than they've ever done before. <laughs> Millions more barrels of oil. So eventually, once we hit the end of April, May, um, we Ooh. are going to see big impacts because oil drilling sites will just have to shut off because you can't dispose of oil. You, if you mm. can't store it or you can't sell it, you just have it. They're just going to have to stop producing, which means more people out of work. Whole economies are going to run issues. Um, mm. And it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting time. Fuck, that is low-key hilarious, though, that so many, like, especially Saudi Arabia, is just so reliant on this singular source of anything relevant. Right. That it's... Yeah, just the notion that <laughs> that suddenly the United States has found a way to get more oil has just like creamed their economy. Is just oh my god. On the one hand, incredibly sad, but on the other side, on the other hand, also hilarious and a worrying indictment on what might happen in Australia once we run out of coal and iron. But that's <laughs> <another> <laughs> <tangent>. <laughs> true. And like Trump when he got elected, was super keen on low oil prices, right? He really wanted them low. And, mm. man, they are low. But now that the Americans <laughs> are making lots of money and they have the largest market share, they're the biggest producer, they want high oil, oil prices. Go high. <laughs> and so now they're desperate to stop this production because they, they want supply. But the Saudis don't want to give up their kind of control of the oil markets and who the fuck do the Russians care about what the Americans have to say? Um, so... The future will rely so on... no whether... one wins. No one wins. No, we have to rely on Russia and, the, and Saudi Arabia trying to make a deal to get OPEC Plus back running. Um, but yeah, something that the United States could do to help would be to put lots of oil into their strategic reserve. It would actually make them a lot of money because when oil prices right. rise, they off. But for some reason, and I, I really don't know why, they passed a big stimulus bill the other day, like $3 trillion or something. Um, mm -hmm. But for some reason, there wasn't the $3 billion needed to put the oil into the strategic supply. And I'm not sure why they didn't include this. Um, so right. what it seems like... Not at all, or it may not form all. like a subsequent bill? What I'm thinking from the little bit I've read about this, because I've, I've tried to research this, mm. it seems like Republicans want to now tie arms deals with Saudi Arabia, which is a very profitable thing and they want to get oil deals so they think they might be doing this to force the saudis to the bargaining table right um because obviously american power globally is waning mm -hmm. for good or for bad it's it's happening mm -hmm. um and so middle powers like russia like saudi arabia are becoming much more important and so the united states is desperately i think trying to regain some form of control um and it, yeah, it'd be right. And it would definitely be able to do this while China is sort of like knocked out of the ring for a few months. Um, this would be the United yes. States time to desperately scramble back to global number one. Unfortunately, yeah, but the health system <laughs> doesn't allow that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, it's everything's collapsing. Absolute, oh, it's just the absolute perfect storm where like literally the one opportunity for the United States to become relevant again has been, they've just, like, self-sabotaged themselves in such so a brutal badly. fashion. Oh, God. It's like a, 
the ultimate own goal is just mm. drastically increase oil supply. Oil supply drops because of it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, there's my take oh. on oil. Um, and yeah, that's why right. you're getting cheap petrol is because, um, you know, the, <laughs> the US everything's has, gone wild. has fucked the system. Oh, so dear. badly. Um, for me, the big thing was that we're going to hit like everywhere in the entire planet will be full of oil that possible by the end of the month. And so I'm sure people I, are trying to desperately build new storage, but it's pretty wild, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- that's something that I never thought would happen. Like this, this is the thing where long term the, the perspective and the comments are that, you know, obviously we have a finite number of resources in the world and, you know, we're continuing to use that at, at an ever-increasing pace so just conceptually it's so difficult to imagine the idea that there is actually like our our global capability to store slash use this material will reach capacity in such a short period of time yeah that's just that's ludicrous it's pretty wild Mm. um so you know be thankful that you live in a you know isn't reliant on China's like natural exports and stuff like, Oh, hang on. Wait, are we in Australia? <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh God. Yeah. Fuck. Can you imagine uh, an Australia that actually does any level of manufacturing? What a, what a crazy new and strange world that would be. Ridiculous. Anthony, that is a, a, a harebrained scheme. I don't, but it's, mm. you know what? It's crazy enough. It just might work. <laughs> Yeah, see, this is the thing. Two years ago, that would probably have been treason. But at this point in time, <laughs> it seems like that might be a legitimate, um, you know, political strategy. I can't wait to Scott Morrison until he reopens the Holden plant down here in South Australia. <laughs> can, and can you fucking can, imagine? We're bringing back commos. We're bringing back Commodores. The economy is need... run on Holdens. <laughs> there's, if there's one thing we need to save this country, it's more V8s. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a seven hundred and fifty dollar check, oh. everyone gets a Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that'll use up the oil, fucking hell! But that, honestly, getting a Commodore—what would happen under a Labor government? Under a Liberal government, it would probably be everyone gets like a poorly constructed Holden cruise. Um, mm. Well, we need to maintain jobs in the key like mechanic market. So it's probably better that they're low-functioning or poor-functioning vehicles because that allows, uh, you know, other people to be in jobs to fix those cars. Well, is there anything you wanted to chat about? Any anything on the? Uh, not, I ain't got anything. I think going the on. only thing that um, <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind, obviously, uh, the university's going online now, and that additional transition that has happened as a as a result of the old the old covid um so it's been quite amusing to see uh, some universities and even schools to this point now are being forced to kind of scrape right. together an online capability which um will be interesting to see how that goes mm. um unis have been pretty interesting in how they've handled it you know some some unis this whole crisis excellently obviously you know ANU the the golden university of australia seems to have mm. quite well um 
Others, others, that... not so much. Others have no. <laughs> had to beg their 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 staff to keep them afloat. Um, yeah, there's there's an amusing um, and just just bringing uh, teasing that point out a little bit more. There seems to be an interesting correlation between the uh, uh, the amount of money that vice chancellors get paid and the uh, level of uh, let's say, ranking as the quality of service that the university has provided post-COVID, post which is an interesting one because ANU's vice-chancellor famously, I think, is on the lowest salary out of all the Australian ones. And uh, some mm. of the alternative universities, shall we say, that have not had the same level of positivity with respect to the level of support that they've provided students. Um, their particular vice-chancellor is on a much more substantial wage. We Which won't name quite names interesting. because um, some of the podcast people may work at the universe, <laughs> that said university, but um, maybe maybe a quick Google or something could figure that out for our listeners. Oh god, yeah. So that's a that's a big drama. It's a very it's a very interesting. Um, I would just tease out this point slightly more, not with respect to money, but with respect to the responses and also particularly grading, which I think is quite yeah. an interesting an interesting topic um, with respect to whether kind of universities are taking this um, NGP approach and just basically making, making all topics this semester or this year just be NGP, so no effect on your GP, GPA. It's literally just a, a pass-fail system. And then what I think is the most interesting alternative was giving students the opportunity to choose post-grade coming in, whether or not they want to keep that grade or get the NGP. Yet, in justifying that as an option, the university has gone to say that they don't want to, um, like, undermine the integrity of the grading system. Ah, uh, yes. Whereas... <laughs> the honourable grading system. <laughs> Whereas, first of all, university grading is just as non-understandable as it has ever been but second of all surely giving students the choice as to whether or not they get a grade is itself undermining the integrity of the grading system it's 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 a wild time <laughs> very strange I, it does make me glad that i've finished now and don't have to don't have to deal with that but um that must yeah that must that must be nice that must be nice mm. Mm. It does also make me think, you know, maybe I could have, uh, you know, nudged up the old GPA ever so slightly with a couple of topics in the past, just, uh, mm. Mm. you know, NGPing them and getting a nice, a nice uh, larger figure. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I actually think that's quite a good, a good strategy. Like if you were going to like, part of me thinks, you know, in a global pandemic, why the fuck are you failing students who have like, might have lost work so i think mm. anything that you know fails students is not great but if you have to kind of keep this sort of grading dynamic i actually think the choice to opt in is good give people more choice mm. make it more democratic i suppose um absolutely but i think that the issue there is that the choice exists after you get the grade at the end of the day i feel like that yeah. is just putting way too much power and, and maybe I'm like overthinking this too much, but I feel like it's putting a, a, a bit too much power in the hands of uh, the students here if 
the underlying point is to attempt to maintain this quote unquote integrity of grading. I feel like those yeah. two things don't don't meld together yet seemingly is the appropriate approach that is being put in place. It's just um, confusing. But we'll see like, what happens. Yeah. I, I I agree. It's it's a weird it's a weird setup. I, honestly I would have just gone NGP for all classes, no one can fail. Yeah. And you'd just yeah. be like exactly. fuck it. Make it easier on staff. Make it easier on students. Just, just reduce the stress for literally everybody and and the pressure. But I don't know. There's probably a reason why we don't run universities. <laughs> it could be, um, but but also this is an issue that will arise probably with schools as well. Like, yeah, while schools have been kept open in Australia, and on one hand, very much appreciate that that education is important in continuing this, and I would personally classify it as an essential service and all that other stuff, but that's a, that's a tangent for another day. Yeah. <laughs> but also like if the implementation of things like parents being able to opt into whether or not they send their students to school and then this requirement of like homeschooling and things like that, I'm, I really struggle to understand first of all, for the students who are left at school, the quality or level of education that they will continue to get. Like, um, I feel like what's happening there is I highly doubt the teachers are just sticking to the curriculum. Like, I don't know, and perhaps, perhaps I'm way off in this assumption, but I would presume, given the surrounding, given the surrounding, surrounding circumstances, that they're unlikely to just be continuing on with the curriculum regardless. Yeah. And then second of all, like, teaching is fucking hard. Oh man, um, you could not pay me to be a teacher. Well, I mean, they do pay people, just but not me. <laughs> but this is the thing: like, teaching is fucking hard, and even setting aside the whole the whole pay issues and the requirements to get in and all of that crap, like you're then you're now expecting parents to competently teach their children. Yeah, and the level of qualification and capability of parents is another question and issue entirely. So the students who are being kept out of school are not getting an education and the students who are being kept in school, I feel like aren't getting an education because there are not enough students there. So teachers aren't following the curriculum anyway. It just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's problematic. I think. It is weird. And you know, this whole thing about who is an essential worker and then, you know, mm. teachers, yada, yada. And then Scott Morrison's like, everyone's an essential worker. And oh fuck. All right. That's helpful. <laughs> Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, the announcements have not been super clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, for example, Scott Morrison's like, I can't do his voice. I, I couldn't do it. It's like a four-year-old only is four once. You know, they should go to preschool. Mm. Preschool, infamously in Australia, is not mandatory. So um, <laughs> it's just it's very confusing messaging. Uh. Um. For those, you know, our loyal listeners, Anthony recently got a, a, a um, Google Pixel, which is um, very ex- excited about. Anthony infamously only got a smartphone like three, four years ago or something. Like when I met you, you had like a Nokia. Honestly, um, hold on, uh, I'm just going to exit the channel. All right. All right. Um, yeah, so it's just me and you, loyal listeners. Just us. I, uh, oh, no, he's back. Is he talking? Yeah, I can hear through my headphones now. Again. Oh, that is clear. That's so those fucking Google, weird. Those Google headphones are nice. They are. They're a bit like weirdly formed though. They've got these like little rings that are part of the wires. 
that like sit in that little ring area in the ear. So like the headphone actually goes in and then this there's this weird like, I don't know, supporting bit of wire that like <laughs> form follows the circle of your ear. It's very strange. It, headphone shapes are weird. Like the Apple ones, mm. I think if you use them enough, they weirdly like mold your ear over time to you can't wear anything else. <laughs> that does not surprise me in the slides. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've started using I mean, actual headphones because it's just mm, better. Um, yeah, they probably are. And they're probably a lot better at like cancelling out external noise as well. Yeah, like, um, literally, well, literally, literally before I called you, there was like apparently a massive rainstorm and I couldn't hear because I had my headphones on. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, it's raining. <laughs> Now, that's a fucking five-star Amazon review, if I ever heard one. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to the mm. dude from uh, EB Games who sold me these headsets. And then because yeah, right. I was, like, nice and chatting to him and asking you know, what he was doing with his life, mm. uh, he uh, said, you know what? I've done something nice. I've uh, given you the slightly better quality, like the gold version of these headphones in your Ooh. box. And so, uh, you know, pay, you know, like that's... I'm a big believer that, being nice to retailer staff is always good, but mm. the best per people to be nice to, and it's helped me out so many times in my life, bouncers. Be nice to bouncers. Chat friendly with your bouncer when you're on a night right. out. We'll, 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 we'll come back in spades, my friend. Um, the amount of times I've just been like, shit, I forgot my card, or I, I did this, and I, or I, I can't get in, or did that, and I'll like have chatted to a bouncer mm. like a few whenever and be like don't worry mate i'll let you in i'll let you in i i know you're good i know who you they are. won't be after that impression jordan but <laughs> <laughs> this i'm apologizing to all bouncers in society oh god no that's a good tip actually you know once we actually get out of this um this quarantine and bouncers have jobs again that's that's a yeah. great piece of advice yeah or like if coronavirus keeps going and the bouncers form some sort of raiding group, um, yeah, yeah, they'll Very avoid your they'll avoid your kind of small stockpile of food um, and go for your enemies, which is, you know, mm. I look that's forward to that. That's very true. I feel like I'm a little bit excited for the uh, inevitable raiding culture. I feel like it would be it would be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see. See, I feel like if in that situation, I would be some sort of humble farmer who would likely mm. be the one to get get raided. So I, I don't know if I'm <laughs> as excited. That is the risk, is. isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, you and I have spent our our youths as studious little academic <laughs> boys. So I don't know if yeah, we haven't built up the raiding capability, although. Mm. I have raided in game, so perhaps that, that those skills That's are transferable. True. That is true. I um... <laughs> so we need to get a group of forty people together. <laughs> five of you are healers. We need five tanks. Oh, I'm set. I'm so set. Five tanks. Oh, you, need, you need about maybe you, on an average fight, you need about two tanks. Oh. Five tanks. That's overkill. You're not going to have enough right, damage. So... Mate. This is the thing. Um, I would I would be fucked in the case of a raid. So I would just be like the little squire to assist in your raiding capability, Jordan. That's that's what would happen. That's true. You you can you yeah. I respect this. I'm I'd be like going. like the like the comic relief or a wizard. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Anthony? To all of our loyal <laughs> listeners, 
we promise we won't raid you. Um, yeah, perfect. Perfect. That if is you what you just, get. We'll ask them to show us their uh, Spotify playlist before we begin yep. the raid. And if we see Pod God's cast there, then they get a, a big green tick and we are... Uh, We'll let them know when the next episode is. Maybe, maybe we need like a, a code, a code name for Pod God listeners. Like, yeah, if no, on the street, someone could walk up to me and just be like, "Hey, mm. um, I listen to the Pod Gods." I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's got to be some that. like. Well, this is this. So all my knowledge about knowing about who is another listener is drawn from the Yog Pod slash Yog's Cast podcast, right? Um, and they had this weird fucking salute where people walked up to each other and would say, I am Dave, exclamation mark, Yognaut, and I have the balls. So I feel like right. it'd be cool to have something similar to that, but I don't want to trade into, you know, like, trademarked territory. Right. There is also, that group does another podcast where the thing is they walk up to each other and say, I have a tiny penis. Um, yeah, yeah, and then the women say, "I have a gaping vagina." Yeah, yeah, the Triforce podcast. Wow, okay, Another I have not, I've, I've not kept up with it. I, I didn't know that they had added, added that. <laughs> so I don't know. Do we need? <laughs> How vulgar is our introduction going to be? That's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, well, I don't. Uh, what, what, what's something? What's like a? I don't know. You know what? Maybe the listeners can pick. Mm, that's not a bad idea. They'll sort it out this amongst themselves and we will be completely oblivious to it. So people yep. will come up to us and say those things, but we just won't understand. That might yep. be quite they'll, interesting. They'll come up and say something like, um, oh, for example, my, my Discord name is Simbuki, um, mm. which, in, which in Greek means blowjob. Um, right. And they'll come up to me and be like, Fuck, maybe that's what, what it should be. <laughs> Fuck, should we make it that? Because that's genuinely Simbuki. hilarious. <laughs> Simbuki. <laughs> my, uh, okay, well, this will only affect you, but my, my current Discord profile is of a Melbourne taxi driver, I think in 2017, <laughs> was on Channel 7, and they asked what is mm. for like a, a taxi driver strike or something. Um, and he, he, he went to the, the news, and he's, they're like, what's your name? He's like, oh, yeah, my name is uh, Simbuki. And so then they put Channel 7 interviewing Simbuki, <laughs> uh, which is just Fuck, so that's, funny. that's it. That's genuinely it, I think, Simbuki. That is so Simbuki. funny. Beautiful. And it is like, it's, it's genuinely like kind of the peak inside joke that you need for it this is. kind of stuff. It is. Because no, no one else is going to understand that. That's brilliant. Okay. That's what it is. Fantastic. So any, um, any listeners... If you want to find out if someone else is a listener or if you see Jordan or myself and you just want to give <laughs> us a little, you know, a little nod, little nod to say, I listen to you guys. I think, I think you're top shit. Just, yep. you know, the old Simbookie, perhaps a, a raised head, those classic, <laughs> um, that classic like acknowledgement of people when you don't say anything. Just one of them with a, with a Simbookie. I think that's Simbookie. That's like brilliant. a sup, but Simbookie. Exactly. Beautiful. That's brilliant. Um, oh, my God. What a brilliant if idea. If the listeners were interested in getting to learn and know other listeners, they could follow mm. us on our Twitter and our Instagrams. Indeed. Um, at, at PodGodsCast on Insta and what is it? Pod underscore Gods on Twitter. At Pod underscore Gods on Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow me at uh, at History Blue. I don't really I post more like history work stuff on there, but you know if you're interested in history and like the yeah. left wing well, agenda. <laughs> this and is me. the thing. The last, the last, the last few episodes, we've talked. You know, you've talked quite extensively about the history of Iran, and now we've had a great chat about almost the history of oil as well. So I feel like, you know, yeah. if people have continued to listen inherently, they would be interested in history. So that might be a good, a good. I shout. would hope so. It's a, it's mm. an interesting field. Um, mm. I feel like the oil thing is maybe more using the international relations stuff and the history of it all blends together. It, the history I write is history of like international relations stuff anyway, sort of. Mm. So um, history, it's good. Beautiful. Like check it out. Oh yeah, we did the dad history thing like way yeah, back yeah, yeah. around what Christmas, early January or something. Yeah, that was prime. I think that was a prime release either just before or just after the Christmas period. So, you know, when it comes up to uh, Father's Day, we'll just, we'll rekindle that bit of knowledge about, um, was it William Dalrymple? Oh uh, my God, good We'll plug him again. Thank you. I'm an avid listener of the podcast, Jordan. Simbookie. (laughs) Simbookie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. So yeah, I think that's good. Sounds good. Yeah. That sounds like a good Also, just a random little little snippet on the end there. Um, oh, yeah. So I, like I said, I'm an avid listener. I've been listening to the podcast quite extensively, uh, mm. particularly in recent times. And I've noticed, and I didn't realise this, that I am, like, an enormous fan of a shout-out. Like, any excuse oh. to give a shout-out to something or someone, I'm just like, I'm about it. But I feel like let's I'd like it. to, I'd like to, well, uh, let's not commit too far, Jordan, because I'm about to say that I'd, you know, I'm thinking that I might try to rein that back in and, you know, make the shout out a bit more meaningful. Okay. Okay. Um, I respect so that. personally, I'm, I'm going to make a, uh, a pod God's promise um, to be a bit less liberal with my, with my use of the shout out to make sure right. that only those deserving of the shout out uh, receive one moving forward. Uh, a loyal listener who has earned it. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Shout out. So, big shout out to uh, to Jordan for <laughs> recording. <laughs> big shout out to oh. Simbuki, a proud taxi driver. From <laughs> and of course, our our biggest shout out to uh, Chris Sawyer, creator of. Rock oh Taxi yes. So <laughs> I think we did. Um, we seem to be doing like a friend of the oh. show. So we're like, you know, Scott Morrison, friend of the show. Yeah, fuck. We should do that. We'll do that. We'll start doing that every pod, I reckon. I feel like if we can find a friend of the show, whether that's, you know, topic-wise yep. or just in context, we'll have one friend of the show every episode. I think there is a podcast that on. does that, but they, they don't own this. We own this. Um, yeah. You know, we have our own show... Instagram and Twitter. Like. It's true. Friend of the show, OPEC+. Plus. Um, <laughs> one of our one of our biggest friends for sure. Friend of the show, the um, COVID nineteen virus. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and many of options. course, friend of the show, one belt, one road, which I think is postponed oh, yeah. <laughs> for the moment. Oh, there ain't no belts or roads being built. Like, like, yeah, it's um, yeah. Who could have seen that a global pandemic would completely change everything? Um, I certainly didn't. I did. 
I knew it was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. Well, there we go. I think that'll, that'll conclude our quarantine episode one. Um, yes. And then we'll see how many how many we get through until we're finally allowed to see each other in public. This is true. Um, we seem to have gotten a little bit better of a handle of um, the online. So hopefully we'll be able to get mm. some some guests on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a very a, a very important first step for getting guests on. So oh yeah, for well. sure. Um, we can do it globally. Across Australia, across the states. Oh, also, just you know, going back, mm-hmm. Western Australia implementing a hard border. Like I said, I'll dodge the draft, but I'll go to war to keep make you know put Western Australia in its place, Anthony. Um, and it's worked. It's well, has it? They've hard border. I cannot enter Western Australia as an Australian right now. Um, Unbelievable. Well, this this was supposed to have happened when we became when we unified all the states. WA didn't want to be a part of it. So they're just reverting back to their, you know, 19th century ideals. And, and I respect that. I refuse to accept it. I, I will not respect that. Um, if any state is going to be... going to enter WA. <laughs> I, I single-handedly annex WA into the glorious state of South Australia. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, we've already, like, got the NT just by default. So we could become the new the new king state, if you will. That's true. We could become the new big state, like the good state. Like, no more eastern states. Like, all the non-eastern states, or it's Tasmanian mm. eastern state. Well, we can include Tasmania, not ACT. They have to stay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Into yeah. a new mega state. Um, yeah, fuck. And then we can just 1v1 each other, and the winner becomes Australia. Yeah. We'll probably still that's lose brilliant. it, like, brilliant. the football. Um, but, you know, that's Oh, fine. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine, because we will have control of the Murray, finally, and that's all that actually matters. <laughs> the, the war for the Murray. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't do it. South Australians oh, get very angry at, like, Queensland cotton farmers stealing our water. Mm. Absolutely, and justifiably so, because, you know, fuck Queensland. Fuck. Sorry, like, we'll have no. to call that. <laughs> Fuck that. We can't say fuck Queensland. <laughs> um, we love Queensland. It's, as I always say, the most beautiful and racist place on the planet. Yeah. Um, then again, Amazing. Greens doing well in Queensland, apparently. Uh, shout out to... Um, <laughs> for his name. Can't remember his name. Cool Queensland guy. Greens guy. Good bro. <laughs> All right, on that note, thank you for Apart. listening. Amazing. No, <laughs> yes, thank you very much for listening. Right. It's been good thank fun. Thank you. Till next time. Till next time. Okay. Goodbye. Why? No, uh, well, I'll just cut this bit like this. We're finished. Bye. <laughs>